So this morning, man, I'm fired up to share this um, word with you. If you would turn in your Bible to the book of Genesis, I'm giving you an easy one this morning. First book of the Bible, Genesis. And then in the New Testament, you can flip over to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 6 and Genesis chapter 8. I'm going to begin reading at verse 22. And remember, we do have some technical issues, and I don't know if those have been worked out yet. So if we don't have the scripture here behind me, um, if you've brought your Bibles, um, follow along. And also, if you have downloaded the Victory Church app, you can follow along there and also have the notes there as well, all right? I'm going to begin reading Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22. Y'all ready? All right. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Now we're going to read from Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. The Apostle Paul pens these words inspired by the Holy Spirit, and he says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to please his flesh will of the flesh or the sinful nature reap corruption or destruction. But he who sows to please the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are the household of faith. This morning, I want to share with you a message. Uh, this morning and next week as well, we're going to be in this mini collection of teachings that I've titled The Harvest. And I want to share with you the seven laws of sowing and reaping. Would you pray with me this morning? Bow your heads and your hearts with me. Lord, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity this morning to gather around your word. Holy Spirit, our hearts are receptive, and we are open to what you have for us today. Lord, help us to receive your word, to believe your word, and to obey your word. And as we leave from this place today, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we're going to be different than the way we came in. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The book of Galatians is written by the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to a church in the town of Galatia, all right? And the people of Galatia were uh, being distracted. They were being tempted to stray from the mission of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And so he's writing to realign them and to instruct them in the ways of God. And in this letter, Paul gives them, in this passage that we've read today, a law. It's a principle or a universal truth. It's something that you can count on. As the sun goes up every day and then the sun goes down, you can count on the sun going up and going down. As um, gravity is a truth a scientific law. 
as the law of thermodynamics is a scientific law, as there are three laws of motion as E equals MC squared, the law of relativity. I feel smart as I'm talking to you this morning. There are universal laws that govern the universe. Maybe you're familiar with these laws. There's the law of marriage. You know that one. Happy wife, happy life. Um, there's the law of, uh, there's Murphy's law. Whatever can go wrong, will go wrong. Um, there's some other unwritten laws of life that I just want to just bring to your attention this morning and maybe you can relate. There's the law of two tools. And it says you only need two tools in life, WD-40 and duct tape. <laughs> if it moves and it shouldn't, use the duct tape. If it doesn't move and it should, use the WD-40, right? There's the law of probability. The probability of being watched is directly proportional to the stupidity of your act, right? Um, there's the law of random numbers. If you dial a wrong number, you'll never get a busy signal and someone will always answer. There's the law of the alibi. If you tell the boss that you were late to work because you had a flat tire the next morning, you'll have a flat tire. Okay. There's the variation law. I love this one. If you change lanes, the one you were in will always move fa uh, the one that you were in will always move faster than the one you're in now. It's so true, and it also happens in the grocery store. Can I get a witness? <laughs> to me, all the time. There's the law of the bath. When the body is fully immersed in water, the telephone rings. There's the law of close encounters. The probability of meeting someone you know increases dramatically when you are with someone you don't want to be seen with. Just two more here. There's the law of the result. When you try to prove to someone that a, that a machine won't work, it will. But there's also the antithesis. When you try to demonstrate how something works to someone, it won't. Um, there's the law of the theater. At any event, the people whose seats are furthest from the aisle always arrive last. And finally, there's Wilson's law of commercial marketing strategy. As soon as you find a product that you really like, they will stop making it. All right. The reality is that there are physical laws that govern the universe, and there are also spiritual laws that govern the universe. These laws are constant, unchanging, um, immutable. Um, they are self-sufficient. They don't depend on anything else. Um, and these unseen spiritual laws are just as important as the natural laws that we experience every day, the laws of gravity, the laws of thermodynamics, the laws of motion. The Apostle Paul here is pointing out not only a natural law, but he's also pointing out that this natural law has spiritual consequences. Just as it is true in the natural, so it is also true in the spiritual. Now, you might not like it. You might not want to believe it. You might deny it. You might try to avoid its reality. But the truth is, you will reap what you sow. This is a truth of, of the universe. Any farmer will tell you this. That if you plant something, you will reap that thing. 
In other words, there's an inseparable connection between actions and consequences. Can I get a witness today? And I know this, is, this may be as basic to you. But what you sow is what you harvest, both in the natural world and the spiritual. And the question that I have for each of us today is not necessarily what are you sowing. The question that I have for you today is what are you reaping? What is the harvest that you're reaping? Because I want to bring about this truth and help you to understand this. And if you're taking notes this morning, all my note takers, all my world changers, write this down. The life that you live tomorrow is the result of the seed that you sow today. I'll say it again. The life that you live tomorrow is a result of the seed that you sow today. And with this in mind, I want to share with you the seven laws of sowing and reaping. The first law of sowing and reaping is this. You will always reap what you sow. Before Paul introduces this principle, he gives a preface. He says this, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, that they will also reap. And if you're wondering why Paul would say, do not be deceived, you know why he says, do not be deceived? Because you and I, we are easily deceived. So he says, do not be deceived. He says, I'm getting ready to hit you with some truth. Whatever you sow, you will also reap. How many of you have ever been deceived before? How many have ever deceived someone else before? Right? And I believe that if we're not careful, there are all kinds of things that can lead us into deception. So here's one thing that will lead us into deception. Ourself. We. Me. You. We will lead ourselves into deception sometimes. Why? Because we rationalize. We justify. We make excuses. We try to deny what is the truth. You know, the scripture says this in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. The human heart is deceptively wicked. Who can know it? Who can understand it? And that's why whenever you hear the advice, just follow your heart, that's terrible advice. It sounds good. It sounds cute. It looks good on an Instagram story, but it'll lead you into a train wreck. Why? Because I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. I don't want to eat healthy. I want to eat five guys every day with extra Cajun fries. Come on, load me up. I don't want to exercise. Sometimes I don't want to speak loving words to my wife because I'm aggravated. You know, sometimes I don't want to exercise good stewardship of my finances. Oftentimes, I want to scream and yell at my kids. But the reality is, all of these things um, that I will do that will benefit my life, that are good seeds, are good for me, and they will reward me. Another way that we are deceived is we allow others to deceive us. We allow other people to lead us astray. I just want to come and help somebody today because, you know, I'm your pastor and I care about you. I love you. On social media, there's a little button right there that says unfollow. 
You can use that anytime you want to. You don't have to allow somebody to control your emotional well-being and your health. Other people can lead you astray. They're the things that they say, the things that they post, the, the things that they do can lead you down a path of frustration, a path of aggravation. So we can be deceived by deceiving ourselves. We can be deceived by others. And finally, you know what else can deceive us? The church can deceive us. Not me. I wouldn't deceive you. But here's what I want to do. I want you to be aware and I want you to be welcome to search and research and study for yourself what the scripture says to you. I don't want you just to take what I say as ultimate truth. I want you to seek the scriptures for yourself. And this is why all across the scripture, the apostle Paul and throughout uh, the New Testament, they say, beware of false teachers, beware of false doctrine, because God wants you to seek out the truth for yourself. He wants you to humble yourself as well and humble yourself before your teachers and your pastors. Honor them, absolutely. But we can lead ourselves astray. Others can lead us astray. The church can lead us astray. And so this morning, he says, don't be led astray. You are not, in other words, you're not the exception to this rule that I'm getting ready to tell you. Whatever a person sows, they will reap. So you always reap what you sow. And I know this is like really simple, but let me tell you something. If you plant cucumbers, you will not reap a watermelon. You will not harvest a watermelon. If you plant strawberries, you will not harvest sweet potatoes. Come on. If you, if you plant corn, you're not going to harvest bell peppers, right? Whatever you put into the ground is what is going to come out of the ground. And I have to say this today because I believe many of us perhaps are deceived. We think that we can plant one thing and harvest another thing. But the reality is what you sow, you will also reap. And we've all been given seed to sow. We are all sowers. The words that we speak are seeds. The actions that we take are seeds. The time that we spend is seeds. The money that we've been blessed to have and to give is seed. The gifts and the talents and the abilities and experiences we have, they are seed. And we can sow them for good or we can sow our seed for bad. And this morning, what you sow, you will also reap. If we sow unforgiveness, we're going to reap a harvest of unforgiveness. If we sow unforgiveness, we will not receive a harvest of joy. If we sow laziness, we will reap a harvest of poverty. If we sow hatred, we will not reap a harvest of love. If we want to receive a harvest of love, we've got to plant seeds of love. If we want to uh, have a, tr a trust, if we want to reap trust in our relationship with our wife, we cannot plant seeds of lies. Whatever we sow, we will reap. You will always reap what you sow. And we grasp this sowing and reaping as a concept. We grasp it intellectually, but I wonder if we really apply it and implement it behaviorally. I read this this week, and I thought it was hilarious. Some people 
sow bad seeds all week, and then they come to church on Sunday, and they pray for a crop failure. <laughs> see, we see sowing and reaping as optional and not as a principle. We want to both so determine what we sow, and we want to determine what we reap. But we don't get to choose what we reap and what we sow. You see, if you sow X, you cannot reap Y. You have to sow X and you will reap X. You will always reap what you sow. And if you want to know what you planted yesterday, all you have to do is look at your harvest today. If you want to know what you're going to harvest tomorrow, look at what you're planting today. If you want to see change in your life, don't try and attempt to reap a different harvest. Sow a different seed because you will always reap what you sow. The second law of sowing and reaping is this. You will always not only reap what you sow, but you will always reap more than you sow. Verse 8 says this. Whoever sows to please their flesh will of their flesh, their sinful nature, their sinful desires, their life of independence apart from God is what the flesh is. Whoever sows to their flesh will of the flesh reap corruption or destruction. But whoever sows to please the spirit will reap of the spirit everlasting life. These are two extreme outcomes. On the one side is destruction. On the other side is eternal life. And the Apostle Paul is saying, if you sow to, your, to please the Spirit, you're going to reap eternal things, good things. But if you sow bad seed, if you sow to your flesh, if you sow to your sinful nature, if you sow to your evil desires, then you will reap in turn destruction. Why does a farmer plant a seed? A farmer will only plant a seed because they expect a greater harvest. Right? They always expect more than they sow. You may plant something. Here's the reality is you may plant something in the ground and you might receive the fruit of that thing for a while and it might look good and it might seem good and it might, you know, produce something that you want in the moment. But the end of that thing, that if it's a bad seed, it's going to produce destruction in your life. That word destruction in the Greek means to shrivel to spoil or to rot. James, in James, the book of James chapter 1, this concept is also found, and he says this, each person, in verse 14, is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires. And after that desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. So watch this. Evil desire conceived gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. You see, it starts as a seed of desire, then it moves to being birthed to sin, and then when it's fully grown, it leads to death. And not just physical death, but spiritual death, being separation from God. Why? Because you always reap not just what you sow, you reap more than you sow. And see, this is the problem for us. We misperceive a small seed as insignificant. We think, oh, it's just a little lie. Oh, it's just a little integrity issue. Oh, it's just a little extra time on my time clock when I check in. Oh, it's just 
a little thing that I missed here. You know, it's just a little time that I, that I, I yelled at my kid. It's just a little thing. But little things are the seeds to bigger things because we reap more than we sow. This can be applied negatively, but it also, I want to encourage you today, it can be applied positively well, as well. Just one positive word, maybe. Just one prayer. Just one moment in the presence of God. Come on, just one gift. Just one sacrifice, just one act of kindness can produce a harvest that is greater than that one seed that you sow. Every single harvest, every field began with small seeds. I love this quote. It says, sow a thought, reap an act. Sow an act, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. If you're taking notes, write this down. What you sow daily, you will reap in abundance eventually. What you sow daily, you'll reap in abundance eventually. I was doing the math the other day. I was trying to figure out, you know, Jesus talks about sowing a seed. And I looked up uh, about sowing seeds, sowing corn seeds. So did you know that just one kernel of corn produces a stalk, which also produces two cobs of corn. On those two cobs of corn are, on average, 452 kernels. That is 904 kernels that are produced from one small seed. In turn, if you will then plant those 904 kernels into the ground, they can multiply to a harvest of 746,496 kernels of corn. What you sow, you will reap more than what you sow. More than what you sow. You've tapped into then the powerful law of the harvest. And if God is the one who put the law of harvest into effect on the earth, how much more will he bless and multiply those efforts that are given to sowing good seeds to the kingdom of God? God will bless your good seeds. It's just as real in the natural, and it's just as powerful in the natural as it is, or in the spiritual as it is in the natural. By sowing even a small seed daily, you reap in abundance eventually. So not only will you, will you reap what you sow, you reap more than you sow. Thirdly, you reap as long as you sow. You reap as long as you sow. How many of you guys are familiar with the point system, maybe with your wives, right? You know, you can sow good seeds, right? But you can't reap that harvest forever. You've got to continue sowing seeds. I'm going to help you out, guys. You've got to continue to pick up the vacuum. You've got to continue to cut the grass. Come on, you've got to continue to wash the dishes. Come on, you can't lay in bed all day. You've got to help out with the kids. These are sowing seeds. I call it the point system. And you will reap a harvest from your wife. You will get along. You will love one another. You will see greater intimacy with your wife, uh, with the person that you love, with your husband. If you continue to sow seeds and you don't give up, if you continue to do good. This is what I love in verse 9 of our text today, it says, let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart, if we do not 
give up. Has anybody ever tried, uh, you've just been trying to serve God to stay faithful, sowing good seeds, doing what it's right, and you grew discouraged because you didn't see any results of what you were doing, the good you were doing. So after a while, you want to give up, but can I promise you today that the scripture here teaches us that we will reap if we do not give up. So keep sowing those seeds, keep loving, keep serving, keep giving, keep believing, keep praying, keep showing up, keep parenting, keep doing good, and you will reap a harvest of the good seed that you sow. If you keep sowing, you will reap a harvest. Even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it, even when you can't sense it, even when everything else in the world is telling you that it will never happen, you can't hear it, you can't understand it, you can't sense it, the harvest is coming, keep doing good, you shall reap if you do not give up. The beginning of this year, I really felt like that God gave me a word for the year, and it was the year of the breakthrough, 2023. And in order to get your breakthrough, I told you guys that you cannot give up before your breakthrough, which means this, you always reap as long as you sow. Keep sowing, keep trusting, keep believing. We like this, don't we? We like this message. If I keep on sowing, I'm going to reap eventually. God's going to come through for me to reap a harvest, sow until you harvest. But here's the part that we don't like. And this is the fourth law. Not only will you reap as long as you sow, but these two go hand in hand. You will reap later than you sow. Ah, oh, see? We like to plant the seed and harvest same day. Because we don't like to wait. We don't like to sit around. We don't like to go through the process. But God said, if you're going to receive your promise, then you've got to go through the process. And as you're going through the process, you've got to implement this principle that you always reap later than you sow. <laughs> we don't like this part where the Apostle Paul says, in due season, you will reap if you faint not, if you don't give up. What's due season? Due season is God's timing. It's not my timing, not when I want it, not when it feels good, not when I, you know, I want it to happen, but in due season. At the appointed time, at God's right time for your life, it will happen. Due season becomes less about than sowing and reaping as it is about trusting and timing. It's about trusting and timing because with God's principles, there is a process. Ask any farmer. A farmer knows that if you plant that seed into the ground, there is seed, there's time, and then there's harvest. And we don't always know when the harvest is coming, but we need to be faithful to continue sowing and to wait on God, to wait on his perfect timing. And listen, it's so important for you to understand what season you're in. Because if you don't know what season you're in, then you will get frustrated, you'll get discouraged, you'll start comparing your season or, or your harvest to others because maybe others are reaping a harvest that you want to, risk, to reap for yourself. But maybe you're not in the reaping season, maybe you're in a sowing season. Maybe you need to keep 
Maybe you're in the season of proving to God that you can be faithful. Maybe you're in a season of proving to your employer that you can be trusted. Maybe you're in the season of dating and you're proving to the person that you have perspective, you know, that you want to be married to, that, that, that you can love them. Maybe you're in a season of sowing and you're not in a season of reaping. But if we don't understand the season that we're in, we can sabotage our harvest. So it's vital to us to understand what season we're in. And I've brought us a little illustration here to prove my point. How many of y'all like baked goods? Come on, praise Jesus. How many of you guys like brownies? Chocolate Supreme. Mm. Ghirardelli, these are my favorite. And I have up here for the sake of this illustration a plate with some brownies that we just made last night. I wish you could smell these right now. I wish I had enough to hand them out. And let's just say for this illustration uh, that these brownies are the harvest. They're what I'm believing for. They're what that I'm looking forward to enjoying. Um, But as I look at this harvest, you can't get to enjoy the harvest. You can't get to enjoy the brownies without following the instructions on the back of the box. In other words, there's a process that you've got to go through in order for you to enjoy what you've given to. You see, I bought the box, the brownie box with the mix, but then I've got to look on the back. You see, on the back, there are instructions. There's guidelines. There's a process. I've got to have eggs, and I need, what else do I need? I need water, and I need to spray the pan, and I've got to spend time going through the process if I want to enjoy the harvest. But here's what we do. If we don't understand that the process is a part of the purpose of us enjoying the the promise that God has given to us, then we'll give up because we don't understand that reaping comes later than we sow. And so this, it sounds like hard work. This looks messy. This takes time. And I don't even have eggs, and maybe i got to go back to the store, and i got to spray the pan. And then once I turn the oven on, I've got to wait for it to preheat. And then I've got to wait until uh, I put, mix it all together, and it's messy, and it's complicated, and, and, I, and I'm not sure, sure I, that I then want to go through this process. And so you know what we do? We want to find an instant solution. These are instant brownies. And in order for me to enjoy these brownies, all I've got to do is put a little water in there. And I throw it in the microwave, and 30 seconds later, ding! This is done. And so now, all of a sudden, I'm over here with the harvest. I didn't have to wait, and I didn't have to go through the process, and I didn't have to sow, and I didn't have to get messy, and I didn't have to invest, and I didn't have to put the manpower into it, and I didn't have to wait and and sit down and go through the process. But this is what happens when we look at the harvest of others comparing it to our own, not understanding what season we are in. We can sabotage the season that we're in and what God wants to do in our life. We will short-circuit the process. And we always reap later 
than we sow. It's so easy in 2023, in this digital world that we live in, to be in a season of sowing and envy those that are in a season of reaping. If you're in your 20s today, you're in a season of sowing. If you're, you're dating somebody, you're in a season of sowing. If you want to change the world in ministry, you're in a season of sowing before you enter into a season of reaping. You always reap later than you sow, but we want it now. We, we, want to sh we short circuit the process on the way to the fulfillment of the promise. A harvest season always arrives subsequent to a trusting season. But here's the good news. If you haven't reaped the harvest yet, keep on sowing because it's coming. If you haven't reaped a harvest yet, that's a good time to clap. Keep sowing because it's coming. This is God's promise to you. Maybe you're in a season of struggling right now. Maybe you're in a season of waiting. Don't short circuit the process. Don't short circuit the waiting. Trust God in the process and you will reap a harvest. I'm going to go ahead and close, but I want to share with you how closely related the gospel of Jesus is to sowing and reaping. On the cross, Jesus reaped a harvest that he did not sow. On the cross, Jesus reaped a harvest that I sowed. In other words, the law of sowing and reaping, the only thing that this does not apply to, the only escape that there is from the law of sowing and reaping is the gospel. When it comes to eternity, I don't have to reap what I sow. See, I've sowed desires, ungodly, evil desires, and I've given birth to sin. And that sin, because it gave birth, produces death. But when it comes to eternity, I don't have to reap what I sow because Jesus gave his life, and the gospel is the good news that there is an exception to the law sowing and reaping. Jesus reaped a harvest he didn't sow. So on the cross, I could reap a harvest that Jesus sowed. Jesus went to the cross, took my sin upon himself, took my burden, my brokenness, the time that I messed up, the ways that I wasn't able to honor and please God and live for him. Jesus took the sins of the world upon himself, even though he was sinless. He was in this world, yet he was without sin, and he went to the cross. He took the sin of the world upon himself, and he reaped a harvest that he did not sow, so that you and I could reap a harvest that Jesus sowed. And that harvest that Jesus sowed, that he exchanges and gives to us, is a harvest of right standing before God. It's a harvest of forgiveness. It's a harvest of eternal life. And so today, if you're in this place and your sins have separated you from God, 
and you know that you're not where you need to be with the Lord, you know that today the reality is that you cannot forgive yourself, that you cannot be the leader of your own life. I've got good news for you today. Jesus has come to give you eternal life, and you don't have to reap what you've sown. You can reap the good seeds of Jesus, which is eternal life for those that would believe in him. The life that you live today is the result of the seed you sow today. So put your trust in Jesus and receive the harvest that he's provided for you. All across this room right now, would you stand up on your feet? We're going to close in prayer. I'm going to ask that our prayer team make your way to the front now as well. If you would just bow your head and close your eyes and just in this sacredness of this moment right now, perhaps you've come into this place today and you're not right with the Lord. You don't know that if you were to stand before God today, if you were to die today and you stand before the Lord, that you could enter into heaven. There's good news for you today. Jesus is reaching out to you. He's offering you eternal life if you would believe in him. God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. His son was the seed. So those that would believe in him would not perish. They wouldn't receive the harvest of what they had sown. All of us, the scripture says, all, every one of us in the book of Romans says, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages, the results, the reward, the harvest of that sin is death, separation from God. But the gift of God, the seed of God is eternal life. The harvest of eternal life is ours through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And today, you don't have to be separated from God anymore. You can come into this place today, into this moment, in humility and repentance and faith, putting your trust in Jesus and saying, Lord, I know that I've blown it. I know that I'm not right with you today. I want to make a decision to make you my savior of my sins. And I want to make you the leader of my life. God, I can't lead my own life. I can't earn my way into it. I can't give my way into it. I can't struggle my way into it. But I can believe my way into it today by repenting, putting my faith in you today. And receiving eternal life. So today, if that's you all across this room, I want all of us and just unity. Maybe you've said this prayer before. There's nothing actually special or that saves you about this prayer that we're going to pray. But there is something significant and special when someone's heart turns toward Jesus in faith and repentance. So today, I want you to put your right hand over your heart, and I want you to repeat this prayer after me. It's a prayer of repentance, a prayer of salvation, a prayer of faith. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. You took the penalty that I deserved. And you gave me eternal life through believing in you. 
Today I repent of my sin. I turn from the way that I'm going and I turn to you. I put my faith in you. I put my faith in you alone. Lord, come into my heart today. Forgive me of all my sins and give me eternal life. I promise that I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus. And then for those of you maybe that are in this place today, and you know that you've been sowing seeds, but perhaps the seeds that you've been sowing aren't good seeds. Don't be deceived today. You cannot trick God. You cannot deceive God. You cannot outsmart God. Whatever you sow, you will also reap. And maybe you're not reaping, maybe you're not harvesting those bad seeds right now, but you will. Or maybe you're harvesting those seeds even right now. And the Lord has spoken to you about planting new seed. Planting new seed. So today, Lord, we commit to you, each and every one of us across this room today and online today, we commit to sow good seed. We commit to use our words to speak life. We commit ourselves, Lord, today to plant seeds in the lives of others of kindness, of generosity, of love, of patience, of forgiveness. Lord, we commit our life today to plant seeds of generosity, Lord, to expand your kingdom. Lord, we commit today to give, knowing that it shall be given to us, good measure, precious, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Lord, we commit ourselves, Lord, to give good seeds of our time and our attention to our children, to our husbands, and to our wives. We commit to give ourselves to you, to commit to a greater place of intimacy with you and through reading your word and through praying and through worship. Lord, we commit today to sow good seeds, knowing, Lord, that we always will reap what we sow, knowing that we'll always reap more than we sow, knowing that we will reap as long as we sow and knowing that we will always reap later than we sow. Help us to keep on sowing seeds and believing, Lord, that the harvest is coming. The greater things that you have in store for us are still yet to come. God, we believe it. We receive it today. In Jesus' name.